Hey, it's Luke Burbank. Welcome to Livewire Radio. I am backstage right now at the Bumbershoot Music and Arts Festival in Seattle, Washington. And uh, we are about to do a great show. We've got Sean Patton, really funny comedian. Also, writer Ijoma Aluo will be swinging by. And we've got music from Brothers from Another. It's a crazy scene here, I have to tell you. We just had a huge thunder and lightning storm sweep through the area, meaning they had to close down all of the outdoor stages. But guess what little public radio show has two thumbs and a dry, warm, indoor area to record their show? That's right, Livewire. So I'm about to walk out on stage in front of a packed house of soggy, bedraggled people who may or may not have come to this festival to see Livewire. But you know what? They're going to get a heck of a show. And so will all of you out there in Radioland. Stay tuned. It gets started right after this news. From PRI Public Radio International, it's... Recorded in front of a live audience at Bumbershoot in Seattle, Washington, it's Livewire with stand-up comic Sean Patton, writer and activist Ijoma Oluo, and music from Brothers from Another, and our fabulous house band. And now, the host of Livewire, the first man to legalize marijuana in Washington, in his basement, Luke Burbank! Thank you, Jason Rouse. Thank you, everybody here at the Bumbershoot Music and Arts Festival in Seattle, Washington. Very excited to be here. Uh, We have a great show coming up for you. We have picked a theme for this episode, and it is JK. I don't know if any of you are youthful enough to know what that means. It's a young person term for just kidding. And uh, we, we thought that would be an appropriate title for this show because... We have a lot of comedy on this show. We do have a lot of jokes coming up. And we also have some conversations about the times when people say things that are hurtful or not okay, and then they try to make it okay by saying JK, which is one of the worst things that you can do. But since JK is kind of a young person thing, I wanted to make sure that we were using it correctly if we're going to theme our whole show around it. So I uh, looked it up on the internet today to find a definition, and I... uh, I went to UrbanDictionary.com, which is an amazing website that I I was not familiar with. It's like Wikipedia in that anybody can go on there and write any definition they want for any word. So it's not super reliable, it turns out. It's like if Daniel Webster wrote most of Webster's dictionary as a slumber party dare. (laughs) And there are pages and pages of different definitions of JK. Like, it's not a super complicated term. And there were hundreds of people, maybe thousands, who looked at the existing 10 pages of definitions and said, nope, didn't nail it. Let me add my two cents to this whole situation. These are three that I grabbed from the Urban Dictionary page for JK. Mandy Barrett said, "Uh, JK is I am talk, meaning just kidding, Mostly used by people to insult others and still stay friends. (laughs) Used by two-faced people. Sometimes used in a genuine way, and then she puts a frowny face. (laughs) Mandy was uh, dealing with some stuff, it sounds like, when she got on Urban Dictionary. Mr. Tall Dude 94 defined JK this way. Something you say at the end of a sentence to avoid getting beaten up. (laughs) Hey, shit for brains. JK... And then because this is the internet, of course somebody had to get weirdly political with it for no apparent reason. Somebody named Carl said, JK commonly stands for just kidding when used online, but can also refer to the ultimate comedian of all time, John Kerry. (laughs) So whenever you use JK, you can think of it as respectfully telling the truth and saluting the world's greatest comedian at the same time. JK was JK about all that running for president stuff. We all knew anyways, well, at least those of us with some moral backbone. (laughs) I love the idea of Carl just in his mountain hideaway, just logging into Urban Dictionary to really let the world know about John Kerry 12 years later. Um, I actually understand the appeal of the term JK because it is sort of a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? Like if you say something that you know is the wrong thing in that moment, 
it's a way of kind of pulling it back. And I did this exact thing last month. I was working on a TV story in Wisconsin, and we were at a summer camp, and there was a really nice guy who was the um, caretaker for the summer camp, super friendly, like really knew his stuff. And we broke for lunch, and me and the crew went into town and had some lunch, and it was great. It was really good food, and we came back to the camp, and we told this guy um, about how much we enjoyed the lunch. And he said, oh, yeah? Who made the food for you? And I, I said, I was a lady. She's, like, in her 60s with black hair. And he goes, oh, did she kind of look like, like this? And he kind of made a face, kind of scrunched down. And I didn't really know where he was going with this. And I, I said, yeah, she kind of looks like that a little bit. I mean, it's kind of your height and about your size. And um, she also has a beautiful mustache like you do. <laughs> because that's what I thought we were doing. I thought we were talking about what the lady looked like at the diner. But what he wanted to say was, and what he said a moment later, with surprisingly little anger in his voice was, that's my mom. (laughs) And he was not JKing (laughs) at all. And usually what I do in a situation like that because of um, my anxiety is I become obsessed with bringing it up over and over and over again because, like, that'll make it better. And I, I'm kinda, I have to say I'm a little bit proud of myself. I actually avoided the urge to do that. This time I just basically let it go. And by let it go, I mean did not stop thinking about it for one second for the next two days that I was at that camp in Wisconsin. It colored every interaction I had with the guy. I couldn't even hear what he was saying. All I could just see was a giant mustache just growing bigger and bigger in my field of vision. But I managed to not ever bring it up with him again. And at the end of our time there, he came up and he shook my hand. And he held it like a beat too long, and he said, I'm going to tell my mom that you really loved that sandwich. I said, and probably leave it at that? And he said, that was my plan. So that's how you handle that situation in case you're, you know, running into it in your real life. Let's get our first guest out here. Speaking of jokes, let's get Sean Patton going. He's a stand-up originally from New Orleans. You've seen him on Fallon, Conan, At Midnight, and he has his very own Comedy Central half hour. Please welcome Sean Patton to Livewire. Huh? Huh? Oh, no. It, I, don't, I, I don't agree that JK is a youth term. I feel like that's... Talk, talk to me. Let's have, I feel what do you like think that, the cutoff I is? I feel it's been around. Is this on? It is. I feel it's been around. Like, I feel like my uncles have said it. But not, it's just, the, it's not in that, but not like in that JK way. But in like, a, they got things to do because they're both union guys. Like, JK, you know, and then they're off. That sounds like a pretty chill union. Yeah. You know, man, New Orleans. Chill unions down there. Drink, the drinking in your front yard union. They are eating again, because why not? There's still gumbo union. (laughs) Also, Urban Dictionary, you know what Urban Dictionary is? It's a place for bros to go to prove whatever they just said wasn't racist. (laughs) That's Urban Dictionary. No, she said right here. It's right. That way, I'm I'm sorry. I got a lot. I've only got five minutes. I'm going to cram about 35 minutes into six, seven minutes. And then self-edit and make it four. Here we go. So there's a new, like, nobody likes bros. Like, I grew up with, like, a trusty, like, bro. Like, duh. Like, that voice. You could, huh. Fa. Huh. It was just a lot of grunting sounds. Now there's this new bro voice where it's that same groggly voice, but the vernacular is entirely, like, Valley Girl. 100%. Like, oh, my God. I got so face last night and literally miss brunch <laughs> oh my god turkey bacon is literally superior to other bacons except probably bacon <laughs> literally you've never been to Guam you've never been to Guam you literally have to go right now they have pizza with shrooms on it. Oh, that's Cambodia. You've never been to Cambodia? You literally 
literally have to literally, you literally, there's so many times where I want to grab one of those idiots and be like, you literally are trying to say figuratively. That's literally what you're going for. Literally. But they did that. They changed it, I think. Didn't they, didn't they change it in the dictionary? It doesn't literally can mean figuratively too now? Yeah. We just let that one slide by. It's a chill bro dictionary. I don't yep. like the union. Chill bro dictionary. See, you're freaking out about a white girl trying to act black. They slide irony. They take it away from us. Or literally is what they did. Irony too, I think. Yeah. You guys ever worry about what kind of homeless person you're going to become if you just snapped right now? Think about that every single day of my life. Because I had an experience. I was in Venice, California, and there was a, I was waiting for a light to change. A woman jogged up, ne- ne- uh, jogged up next to me. Let's just call her clothing aerodynamic. Let's just call it that. But I didn't look. I did not look down. I looked up and to the side, but I heard some home, one of these like, get, get it, let's go. One of those, you know, dialogue-driven homeless guys. And he gets right up on her, and he looks directly at her ass. And this is what happens. He's like, hey! Ooh. And then the light changes, and she jogs out of his eyesight. And as soon as she's gone, he's like, and apparently her ass was so great, it granted him sanity. Again, if only temporarily. I don't want to be that guy. Like, I'm so afraid. Because something has to go wrong. You know, like these home, crazy homeless people aren't born that way. Unless they are, are they? And I just don't know. Like, is that a thing you've ever heard? Like, oh, did you hear about Terry and Rita's baby? It's homeless. What? She's a dentist and he's a tax attorney. I know, it's tragic. It's a howler, too. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I don't know if they have ho- They got to have howlers where you're just walking. And suddenly there's a guy like, ah! Ah! That guy wasn't always like that. At some point, he was probably like, hey. Cool. Like, something has to go wrong. Like, what, like what, what if that guy I saw in Venice, what if he was just a normal guy on a smoke break having a cigarette one day? Angry at his boss, like, damn it, he's going to make me come in again on the week. I shot him. And then it just never, he just started walking and never stopped. I worry about it all the time. And I, I want to, I live in, I live in L.A. sometimes where I'm, I'm starting to wonder. Like, L.A. is where you go to make it as a comedian or a musician or an actor or a director. And I'm starting to think as a homeless person based on the sheer volume of very happy homeless people. Sometimes I want to give a guy a dollar and be like, hey, man, were you just the most homeless guy in Cleveland or Kansas City? And your counterparts were like, man, you got to go. You're too good for this. You're too good. I swear, I've seen you make a house out of everything from cardboard boxes to angel wings. I hear you tensing up like I'm making fun of the people who are on the street you i'm not and you don't do about it either all right you don't do about it either i gave him 85 cents and now i'm gonna go get offended at a comedy show anyway i gotta go thank you guys very much sean Patton. that was great there's not nearly enough berating of the audience in most public radio shows. And I just realized that in that moment when Sean berated all of you for not donating enough to uh, homeless causes. This is Livewire Radio from PRI Public Radio International. Coming to you this week from Bumbershoot in Seattle, Washington. Our theme this show is JK, as in just kidding, but that's not the only use of those two letters. They can also be someone's name which is why we have audience member Lacey here to play a game that we're calling JKing with Simmons and Rowling. This is where we test your knowledge of Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons and Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling. But we're adding a twist. There is a chance that the answer could be neither. 
In which case, we'd just be Jay King around with you, Lacey. <laughs> you ready for this? Uh, I guess I am. Okay. You sound uh, tentative. Uh, well, uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Okay, not JK. Okay. This is serious. Okay. But some of it might be JK. We've got announcer Jason Rouse here. Jason, uh, what is uh, Lacey playing for on the show? Mm -hmm. Lacey's playing for a dozen Top Pot Donuts. Fresh and tasty and full of flavor. A dozen Top Pot Donuts. Wow, a whole dozen. Yep, there's at least ten in here. (laughs) There's there's probably eight. I promise there's seven. (laughs) Jason? It's it's a half dozen Top Pot Donuts. All right, great. Let's get rolling on this before there are no donuts. Question number one. This J.K. won the Academy Award in 2015 for the movie Whiplash. Was it J.K. Simmons or J.K. Rowling? That was J.K. Simmons. That is exactly right, Lacey. Congratulations. Uh, Jason, you wrote these, right? That was kind of easy. I hope they get harder. They are so good. These were baked this morning. All right. um, Question number two. This J.K. wrote a series of novels about a boy wizard. J.K. Rowling. Ah, again, correct. Good job, Lacey. You're a real expert. What's the score over there, Jason? Some of them even have jelly inside them. It's great. (laughs) You're not taking this very seriously, are you? Top pot donuts for the winner, Luke. Okay, let's uh, get to the final question here. Uh, This is for what is left of the donuts, Lacey. (laughs) Okay. This J.K.'s real first name is Joanne. J.K. Rowling? Ah, that's a trick question. They are both named Joanne. (laughs) It's a little-known fact about the J.K.'s. Sorry you did not win our J.K. quiz. (laughs) Jason, do we have a parting gift or something we can give Lacey? Because she tried. We sure do. We have this beautiful box from Top Pot Donuts. (laughs) It still smells vaguely of donuts, and you can put all sorts of your own fun private items in there and take them around. A fun box. Jay, um, we're not making a great impression here in Seattle. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just Jay King around a little bit. We've got a beautiful, full box of donuts for you right over there. A full dozen. Awesome. Is it, um, is it really a dozen? There's nine. All right, thank you. That's how you play Jay King. Thank you, Lacey. Thank you to uh, Jason Rouse, and uh, keep him in your prayers. He's <laughs> got a lot of donuts in him. Our musical act this hour, Brothers from Another, have come a long way from when they were kids who met on MySpace to touring with Macklemore and Blue Scholars. They even opened for De La Soul this summer, a group that was formed in 1987 before any of our guests were born. Just let that sink in for a minute. Please welcome Brothers from Another to Livewire. to dance a little bit. It's a radio show. No one can see you. You can go crazy and dance. If I ever need excuse, you can blame it on my youth. I be breaking all the rules. You can blame it on my crew. Born in 92. And shit to tell the truth. If you tell me what to do, then I'll probably justify it. Like, what you mean? Fuck the memes. Yo, the ends justify it. Girlfriends, you the flyer. Said life is like a... Well, we'll kick it on the island. Sitting down in Cabo, we eat chips and, and avocados. Yeah, we got problems, but that's why we got tomorrow. Other rappers banging, me, I got bangs. You know the homie Nacho, rapping for the gang. But I swear, VFA, the only chick I'll ever play. Made hot shit, mixtapes and basements. He's black and I'm not. Guess his tapes mixed. Hired a couple chicks to kick in them tape tips. To show my grandkids that I really was a shit. Y'all, I swear that we the shit. Rolling with the troops, we be breaking all the rules. You can blame it on my youth, you can blame it on my youth. Born in '92, and shit to tell the truth. Don't tell me what to do. You can blame it on my youth, blame it on my. I'm Mr. Come Monday. I'm a new guy. Mr. Never try hard, cause I'm too fly. I miss the break rules, Mr. Me too. Mr. I'ma blame it on my youth. I ain't waiting 
no more like I used to. Psych. Procrastination king and some new shoes. I try. Like they all think I'm fly, man. I just can't choose. Well, that. Well, you can blame it on my shoes. Like it's gotta, gotta be the shoes. shoes. It's gotta be the shoes. All J super fresh, so now it's super cool. It's super cool, you think my band's hot. White wrap with a ring pop. Ain't scared of what will happen. Like, girl, I'm rapping. Like, yeah. This the best day of my life. I'ma do this right all night, yeah. Yo, BFA got the juice. Drinking Moscow news. Just blame it on my youth. Rolling with the troops. We be breaking all the rules. You can blame it on my youth. You can blame it on my youth. Get a home and keep quest. Keep making shows till I'm as old as Keith Sweat. No sweat all day, baby girl. When I'm shooting, told her I'd be home at soon. But for now, baby, I'm hooping. Said that I'll be there in like an hour, two hours later, and haven't even showered. For you coming at me getting back, hands up. All that attitude, but I got a good excuse. You can blame it on my yoke, blame it on my crew. You can blame it on my yoke. Yeah. We go by the name of brothers from another, from Seattle, Washington, and we just turn this to a rap show. Thank you guys so much. That's Brothers from Another, right here on Livewire Radio. Thank you, guys. That was about as hyphy as you're going to see a public radio crowd. I'm also not totally comfortable with a line as old as Keith Sweat, who I am easily the age of, if not older than. That's Brothers from Another. They'll be back out in a minute. This week's show is brought to you by New Belgium Brewing, certified as a mission-based B Corp. Since 2013, meeting requirements in the categories of social and environmental performance, accountability, and transparency. And also they make beer, which also makes the world a much better place to live in. More information at newbelgium.com. Hey, it's Luke. We are so glad that you are enjoying this episode of Livewire. But you know what you're going to really enjoy? our September 26th taping of this very same radio show. How do I know? Because the guest lineup is crazy. We have Maya Forbes coming by. She's an Emmy-nominated writer and producer. She wrote and directed this movie, Infinitely Polar Bear, which you might have seen. It was an autobiographical film about growing up with a bipolar dad. Mark Ruffalo played her dad in the movie. She's going to stop by. And, you know, a lot of shows would say one Forbes sister is enough. We don't stop there with Livewire. No, we've got the other Forbes sister, China Forbes. She's the lead singer of Pink Martini. She's also a soloist. And she is going to stop by and tell us a little bit about her life. Plus, musical guest Blitzen Trapper will play us some tunes right before they head out on a nationwide 33-stop tour. And a new band that you may not have heard of yet, but that you are going to love, I just know it, called Soft Sleep out of Seattle, fronted by a buddy of mine named Tony Ruland. They'll be swinging by as well. Here's what you do. You go to livewireradio.org. You can read more details about this show and figure out how to get tickets. And then we will see you at Revolution Hall on September 26th. Don't be late. Ijoma Aluo is a Seattle writer who often tackles the subjects of race and feminism in her work, which means the internet is pretty much totally cool with her. <laughs> They're just like, good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. Now back to working with at-risk puppies. That's not usually what happens. It gets a little crazy out there, but she's learning how to handle it, and she's here at Bumbershoot to host a talk show called Why This, Why That, Why Now. Please welcome Ijoma Aluo to Livewire. Thanks for coming on. I'm excited. This is great. I love Livewire. I was uh, just at today's edition of your series of shows. You're doing three of them here at Bumbershoot, right? Yes. Uh, what were you guys talking about today? We were talking about why satire or why hipster racism or why now. What is hipster racism? And am I doing it right now? No. 
I think we're good right now. Um, actually, you know what was interesting? I think a prime example of hipster racism was when I was Googling um, white girl in Native American headdress before the show. I actually found more of them in a Buddhist tattoos Tumblr blog. And it was like, come for white girls with Buddhist tattoos. Stay for white girls in Native American headdresses. Um, that's a prime example of hipster racism. So it was a, a like a... Buddhist retreat where they also would don offensive headgear? No, it, it's it's there seems to be you know um, you know those like uh, Venn diagrams uh-huh. of an overlap of white girls who really love Buddhist tattoos that oh. they don't know what they mean, um, <laughs> and white girls who like to wear Native American headdresses at Coachella. Um, it seems to be almost a perfect circle that overlap there. Do you feel like young uh, white people who have grown up in a more multicultural environment potentially than maybe their parents did and have friends of different races uh, and maybe in their heart don't feel like they're harboring specific feelings of racism, feel like that gives them a pass to do stuff like that? Yes. I'm a parent of a teenager, and it's really funny because he – you know, starting high school and a lot of his white friends throwing around the N-word all the time. And he made a Facebook post like, this isn't cool. And all the responses were like, man, get with the times. Racism's dead. It's cool. We're all buddies. And I'm like, have you looked at the news lately? But no, they're kids. They're not looking at the news, right? So what they think is what they see in the hallway of their classroom is what it is. And we're all past it. And it's just a fun term. You know, it's like vintage Well, clearly you do not speak for all African Americans, but in your personal opinion, what relationship should white people have with the N-word, if any? They should be very glad that they've never heard it directed at them. That's what relationship they should have with the N-word, and they should not desire to have that. Uh, when you were uh, talking a little bit earlier at your presentation, that makes it sound very formal, <laughs> like you had a PowerPoint there or something. Yeah. At your show, um, you were uh, you were talking uh, with a couple. Who were the comedians that were on that bill with you? Uh, Brett Hamill and Anthony Robinson. Yeah, it was a fascinating conversation, and I think um, I'm trying to remember the exact part that jumped out at me. You were. It felt like you were talking about um, uh, people who feel like. Um, in the modern era, they want to move past racism. And so they think the way to do that is to not be hung up on it. And then the way they're not hung up on it is that they often say things that are kind of offensive. What do you say to the well-meaning person who just wants to get along, but they don't really know how to be, how to be post-racism exactly? I would say we have a lot more in common. You actually don't have to immediately jump to race in order to build uh, like a rapport with me. You don't have to be like, hey, I noticed you're black, 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 black. Like, we're not going to be friends anytime soon, no matter how many times you say that. But if you're like, hey, I noticed you got like hobbies, that would be a great way <laughs> to, to start a conversation. And I think that if you do that and you find that commonality, then you can stretch, you can you can then recognize the shared humanity in people, and you can take people's word at face value when they say, this hurts me, this affects me. You'd be like, hey, I've recognized you're a human with thoughts and the ability to like dissect your own experience in the world. So if you say this upsets you, I'm going to believe you because we've chatted and I've determined you're not a cyborg and you're a person. <laughs> and that's really the way to you know approach it. If you want to make friends with people, oftentimes people trying to make jokes about race to like get over that you know elephant in the room they're far more uncomfortable with race than the person they're trying to make jokes at cuz i'm just chilling here i have no need to be like hey i don't know if you've noticed i'm black like let's talk about it nah like it's cool <laughs> but like for some reason like, there's like these well meaning white people like i have to find a way to let her know that i noticed she's black and i'm cool with it <laughs> and it it never that never works out well we're talking to Ijoma Aluo. She's a writer here in Seattle. She's uh, part of a series of conversations here at Bumbershoot. Why this? Why that? Why now? Um, what are your hobbies? 
well, I mean, for me, honestly, this conversation won't go well. I, I'd say my ho- I'm an internet yeller by profession and hobby. So mostly, you know. Well, they say find something you love and you'll never work exactly. a day in your life. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and that's, that, yeah, that's pretty much my hobby. My kids are like, oh, she's on the internet again. She's mad about something. I'm like, you won't believe it, kids. And, um, Why do you do that to yourself, though? Because it just seems like it's a bottomless pit of, of not just people who are actually bad people, which is a lot of them, but also people who don't understand where to put their feelings and who are working off of misinformation. It's just almost no end to how negative it can get. Why immerse yourself in that? You think you're going to fix it? You know, in some in some ways, it does help. I've had people reach out to me, and it's really shocked me. People like that I worked with 12 years ago in a completely different field will send me a message like, "Hey, Ijoma, I need to talk to you about your tweets." And I'll be like, "Oh no!" And they're like, "You've changed the way I think about race in America." And I'm like, "I had no clue." Um, also, it's funny. Like some of the trolls are just hilarious. Like for some reason, everyone thinks I'm one of the Black Lives Matter protesters that shut down Bernie Sanders, and I'm not. There are there are multiple black women in Seattle. <laughs> and every couple of days, I get like these really angry, hate-filled letters. You should be ashamed. You're the real racist. I'm like, I can tell black people apart. Like, how am I the problem? <laughs> Um, in fact, people said they were going to protest my show. They were like, shut her down the way she shut down Barry Sanders. I'm like, I thought... The football player? Because <laughs> that was a whole other protest I didn't know about. The former Detroit Lion. I want to... Let's, let's just clarify for folks that didn't hear about this. Bernie, it was a, a huge, But it was a huge story uh, all over the country that Bernie Sanders, the uh, candidate for president, came through town, and a couple of women who identified as members of the Black Lives Lives Matter group, which I say identified as because it's a loose-knit organization. Yes. Nobody, there's not a You have special to register ceremony. to care about black lives. I don't know if you knew that. But women who identified themselves as being part of the Black Lives Matter movement, they, they sort of stopped the proceedings. And it was quite the controversy here because I think it gave a lot of white people a lot of complicated feelings. Yes. Yes. Can you empathize with those complicated feelings that the white people are having? No. <laughs> This interview is over. <laughs> no, you know, um, it's one of those things that it's always so strange to me because there's so much hate, anger when people are confronted with race and confronted to how they may contribute. But the truth is, is that if you are a person of color in America, you're confronted with that every single day. So, you know, by the time you're like seven, you're like, get, you know, get used to it. Like, <laughs> Buck up. So no, I, I at all, not at all. In fact, you know, I got so many letters from people who thought I was one of these women, saying, you know, I cared about Black Lives until you interrupted Bernie Sanders. And like, really? That's all it took. Now, now Black Lives, nothing, huh? That's it. So no, not not a bit. There's nothing to the argument that those. It would seem that those would be probably the white people at that gathering who would be, if anybody in Seattle is going to try to stand up for the idea of Black Lives Mattering, that that being white people standing up for it, that would be the group. I mean, there's not a tactical error in, in that approach from those young women? No, because chances are if someone is rude and makes you uncomfortable and then you decide their life doesn't matter, you probably weren't really in it from the beginning. And you were going to only support it until the moment it became difficult or tough. And we'd be right where we are, where people show up at rallies and say, I care deeply about this. They don't vote accordingly. They don't act accordingly. They don't put their money where their mouth is. That's what you see. Well, what's going what's gonna to change that? In all honesty, people just have to decide. And this is what I ask people time and time again. I say, do you think black lives matter? And they'll go, well, white lives? I'm like, no, that's not what I asked you. Do you think black lives matter? And if your answer is yes, then you need to start acting like they do. And we really need to... What does that look like? What does it look like? Oh, man, it looks like, you know, here in Seattle, following up on police reform. Find out how that's going. You know, it's been sluggish at best, caring about the shootings in Olympia, caring about school funding, caring about the Somali remittance crisis that we have here in the Pacific Northwest, caring about, you know, equal access to health care, to food, to government programs, all of these things that affect lives of black people day in and day out that may not get as much headlines as someone being shot by the police but kills far more black people than police can even if they were out there every day trying to do it. And even though it's not totally related, maybe taking off the Native American headdress too. Oh, yes, please. Just for good measure. Yes. Ijoma Aluo, ladies and gentlemen. Go see her the rest of this weekend.
This podcast is brought to you by Ergo Depot, who offer up this tip on goal setting. Make them small, realistic, and achievable, and you might actually reach them. So don't say, I want to be just like Gandhi. Say, I want to be less of a jerk to my cat. Or, or don't say, this year I'm running a marathon. Just say, this year I'm going to sit less. Doesn't that feel freaking doable? That's because it is. With Ergo Depot sit-stand desks and active sitting solutions, you'll hit your goal in a single day. And then you'll be a better person, just like Gandhi. Visit ErgoDepot.com to start your transformation. All right, Israel, we want you to stick around because, of course, we're coming to you from Seattle. This is known as the birthplace of grunge, the home of the Seahawks, but really... Seattle's contribution to the world is that we wrote the book, the soggy, polar fleece-clad covered book on passive aggression. <laughs> you know this, right, Ijoma? Yes. You're from here, right? Yeah, from the area? I, I'm, I, I'm well-versed. Okay. For those in the rest of the country listening on the radio, we thought that we would really just show you how it's done here in the Northwest. And coincidentally, our own announcer, Jason Rouse, is recognized as a master of the subtle put-down. Nobody puts an iron fist in a velvet glove like Mr. Jason Rouse, right? Sure have a way with words, Luke. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put Ijoma and Jason in what we're calling the passive-aggressive Thunderdome. Well, okay. Passive-aggressive Thunderdome. It's a pretty good theme song. I mean, we didn't have a lot of time to write it, so it was pretty good. <laughs> okay, here's how it works. Uh, I'm going to give both of you an aggressive statement or situation, and then you have to give me an appropriately passive-aggressive alternative. Okay, so here's an example. Like, if I say, I hate your stupid face, you come up with something like, your sister has such a perfect nose. Does she have a different father? <laughs> really just slide it in there, okay? Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys ready to do this? Sure. Okay, let's start with you, Jason. First statement. You're fired. Hey, can you do me a favor and tomorrow don't come back here and keep doing that forever? <laughs> Pretty good? Pretty strong? Ijoma, you're fired. Translate into passive-aggressive ease. You know, have you really given a thought to your life plan? Because I feel like you didn't before you applied for your job here. And now's a good time to start. (laughs) That's pretty good. Strong. That's pretty good. That's very strong. All right. Aggressive statement number two. I want a divorce. Ijoma, how do you say that passive-aggressively? I love you. I'm not sure if I love this relationship (laughs) or being around you (laughs) anymore. I don't even feel broken up with. That's the amazing part. I'm going to still show up at your apartment tomorrow. Yeah. Like, are we going to go to the Puyallup Fair or not? Jason? Have you ever thought about how much happier you'd be living in somewhere, I don't know, like Cleveland? Alone? Like without me? Under an assumed name? It's like a Redfin ad combined with a witness relocation program. <laughs> All which leads to you not being married to the person. All right. Here's our uh, third aggressive statement we'd like you to translate for us. If you leave the house in those crocs, I'll pretend I don't know you. Have you thought about not doing what you're doing on your feet? Have you really thought about it? Okay. Ijoma? I think it's really brave of you to wear those crocs, even though... (laughs) Everyone says that they're hideous. I mean, just go you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. You're going to have to come, come from behind on this one. Yeah, I feel, like I feel pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you're kind of behind I'm, the eight I'm ball. Kind of, yeah. Have I'm going to have Ijoma start this one to okay. just give you a second right. to really compose yourself because right. she's sort of dominating you right, right now. That's all right. That's all right. Last aggressive statement. I wish you were dead. You know, I don't wish ill on people, but if I could maybe somehow go back in time and make sure people were never born, I would consider that for you. (laughs) Only if it didn't cause you pain. That's the old back to the future (laughs) defense. Rouse, 
did your parents not know about contraception? <laughs> Was that just, are they religious or just devil may care? I'm going to have to give this one to Ajoma, you guys. Yeah, I would too. She's pretty good. But you know what? She's in the mothership. I think it's great, Jason, that you're okay with that performance. I mean, I think that's the important part. Wow. I don't know this is your idea, Luke. So. You know, I'll tell you somebody who wouldn't hold themselves to that kind of bigotry of soft, uh, low expectations, yeah. your brother. That's just not how he tends wow. to work. But I think it's great wow, that you're cool really with good. it. No, that's, that's really great of you to say that. You look nice tonight, by the way. Thank you, Jason. You really look, really look good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jason Rouse. Thank you, Hichoma Aluo, for playing passive-aggressive Thunderdome. This week's show is brought to you in part by Alaska Airlines with 80 non-stops from Seattle and this fall adding Nashville, making the trip from the Emerald City to Music City just a song away. Or maybe like a hundred songs. That's depending on uh, if one of them is Bohemian Rhapsody. Get it down to like 40 songs that way. Alaska Airlines keeping you connected non-stop. More information at alaskaair.com. Hey folks, it's Luke. Hey, if you are going to be in the Portland area on Saturday, October the 3rd, or even if you're not going to be in the Portland area, you need to get to the Portland area because that day is when we are having the third annual Livewire Fancy Pants Extravaganza. I promise if you come, I won't call it Extravaganza anymore. What this is, is a super fun get-together where you get amazing food. It's happening at Plaza del Toro, which is run by our good friend, Mr. John Gorham. You get some entertainment. We've got the Von Trapps there. No, that is not just a, a hipster band name. We're talking the actual descendants of the people from The Sound of Music, those Von Trapps. And these Von Trapps will be singing some songs and entertaining you. I'll be there, of course. And the cool part is it all raises money for a very worthy cause, namely Livewire Radio. So here's what you do. You head over to the special events page at livewireradio.org to get more details, and then we will see you on October 3rd in your fanciest of pants. This is Livewire Radio from PRI Public Radio International. We're coming to you from Bumbershoot in Seattle, and um, our theme, as you probably know if you've been listening, is JK. That stands for just kidding. And as it turns out, nobody loves jokes more than little kids. They love to tell them. They love to hear them. They love to make them up, which is where it starts to get kind of dicey comedically. So what we thought we would do on this here program is, is try to improve the jokes of the children of America, or at least one children, a little guy named Gus, who's actually going to come on stage and tell us a joke that he made up himself and then we're going to have an actual professional comedian, Mr. Sean Patton, try to improve upon that joke, if that is even possible. So let's get, let's get Gus out here. Hi, Gus. Hi. How's it going, man? Good. Okay. So here's how it's going to work. You're going to tell a joke, and then we're going to give... Let's start with... Uh, we'll start with Sean Patton. We'll give our friend Sean Patton one minute to think of a way to maybe improve or just give his own version of the joke. You can come on out, Sean. Okay. Another round of applause for Sean Patton. <laughs> he comes from a dynasty of the world's most relaxed union people chill. in New Orleans. Super chill. Um, and then, uh, Sean, uh, you're going to give it a shot, and then we're going to hear Gus's second joke. These are both jokes that Gus wrote. Gus, how old are you, by the way? Five and a half. Here, tell him into the microphone. How old? Five and a half. Good man. <laughs> These are both jokes that Gus, age five and a half, wrote his very own self. So here we go. Joke number one, Gus. Lay it on us. Um, how do you tell a joke that isn't funny? I do it every night. <laughs> how do you tell a joke that isn't funny, Gus? By being funny. <laughs> wow. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Give Sean a minute to try to impr improve on that. It's difficult. There are really there are layers to that That's joke. That's a perfect joke. Yeah. That's a perfect joke. That's how you like would explain j jokes to an alien species. 
<laughs> what is funny? Just be it. I don't, wait, do I have to say something funnier than that? I mean, the idea was for you to improve it, but I don't, I mean, maybe you just submit. Gus, Gus, you wrote that yourself? You did? How He's nodding, did, yes. How long did it take? Tell him in the microphone, Gus. How long did it take to write that joke? Not very long. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This guy's boundaryless. Time, humor, it doesn't matter. Just do it. I, how do you tell... Um, what was the joke again, Gus? How do you what? How do you tell a joke that isn't funny? How? By being funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that version's better because it makes me feel better when I bomb as a comedian. Because <laughs> that one was, how do you tell a joke that isn't funny? By being funny. Henceforth, the paradox yeah. that even if I'm funny, I can say something that isn't funny, which I just did. Meaning the winner of this contest is Gus. Sean Patton, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Gus. All right, please welcome back to the stage, only slightly older than Gus. It's Brothers from Another Mother. Uh, this one's called One More Time. Yo, blast off and away we go Trying to keep the moments and memories They always leaving up And I don't mean to be on the sentimental tip But time is as important as who you choose to spend it with Weekend in the bay Wavy dinner dates, we don't care about a dollar We don't even finish plates Rap Skylar, popping my collar I'll make it look easy, shot collar Cause it's been so far Drumline, Nick Cannon I can't even count bars, bruh Bless, 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 make the room get spiritual Been a lot of lessons, I'm learning to be more lyrical Lyrics make the lessons, I'm learning to be more hearable Look, I got afraid of feeling the repercussions Of having a platform and not really saying nothing That's Seattle we independent and we proud of it One more time, tell the world that we bout this so, One more time for a fly photo One more time for the camera, girl, come on the sunrise, the sunrise yeah. This is for the good times, the bad times This is for the late nights, the great life uh. oh, As long as we can shine We'll, we'll do, do it one more time There's new forms of validation Like we ain't win the series since 2006 Hosting up that trophy every time we take a pick Look, I'm done looking backwards Done looking backwards and I ain't looking to the side Neither done with you rappers Bakers bake their own bread Don't go to other bakers I wish rappers did the same Kept their eyes on their paper Your session's your session, dog. Stop listening in your session sound like his session, you're just fitting in. I don't see no progression, I mean, where does it end? Yeah, you might get that blog, but we won't see you again. Like, really, dog, we really don't compare. I might look like Jeezy, but got hella better hair. We gon' do this all again. Getting faded, making move. Crowd surfing, soul searching, tell us nothing left to do. Bad things coming three, coming from the two. The world may never know me, but we still don't ever know. Uh -huh. I need, I need one more night with her And I, I need, need one more night on time And I need one more night to make sure that the dream don't get the first The sunrise, the sunrise This is for the good times, the bad times This is for the late nights, the great life oh, uh -huh. As long as we can shine We'll, we'll do, do it one, one more time, time. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, we'll, we'll do, do it one, one more time, time. We wrote this record really as like a, a reminder to everybody. To really cherish the time you have with your friends and your family. Looks like everybody came with friends, so that's good. Have fun tonight. Enjoy the time you have. I'm only 22. I don't know much, but I know that for sure. I promise. One more time. We are brothers from a another. From a city called Seattle, Washington, thank you guys so much for rocking with us tonight. Yeah. It's been our pleasure. Thanks for having us.
That's Brothers from Another. And that's our show. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Oh, man. That was, uh, that was an adventure. And I hope you all enjoyed going along on it with us. Uh, that wraps up this edition of Livewire from the Bumbershoot Music Festival in Seattle, Washington. I don't know if you can hear on the recording, but they've uh, cleared out the uh, thunder and lightning, and they're letting people back out on the stages, and they are rocking and rolling just outside of this uh, little dressing room I'm in. A big thanks to Sean Patton for coming on the program, also to Ijoma Aluo, and, of course, brothers from another. Might have been most of the hip-hop that some of our uh, live audience is going to get during this year, and I'm glad it was quality stuff. Thanks to those guys. Also, this show is made possible in part by our sponsors, New Belgium Brewing Company, Whole Foods Market, Ergo Depot, and Alaska Airlines. Robin Tenenbaum is the executive producer and co-creator of Livewire. Courtney Hameister is head writer and producer. Jim Brunberg is a producer and member of our house band, along with Dave Jorgensen, who made the trip up here to Seattle. Jason Rouse is associate producer and part of our writing team, along with Alex Falcone and Sean McGrath. Laura Haddon is our marketing manager. Our operations manager is Lauren Masterson. Hey, welcome to the team, Lauren. Molly Pettit is our technical director. Our recordist and mixer is Jason Powers. Here at the Charlotte Martin Theater, thanks to our stage manager, Jen Rodvold, and house engineer, Jeremy Davidson. Big help this week from Jesse Friedman. Thank you so much, Jesse, as well. Additional funding provided by the Regional Arts and Culture Council, the Meyer Memorial Trust, the Oregon Arts Commission, the James F. and Marion L. Miller Foundation, the Maybell Clark McDonald Fund, the Oregon Community Foundation, Work for Art, the Multnomah County Cultural Coalition, and listeners like you find people. Special thanks to this show to Chris Weber, J.T. Sapp, Jackie Wade, and everybody here at Bumbershoot. For more information about the show or becoming a member of Livewire, visit livewireradio.org. You can download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and find us on Twitter and Facebook at Livewire Radio. I'm Luke Burbank, and we'll see you next week. PRI, Public Radio International.